I can that think show... of another show really recently that did the exact same thing. I know another one. Which? <laughs> I mean, you, you know what I'm going to say. Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I never, I literally I... never expected them to go on skateboards. That subverted my expectations I... so exactly. much. Exactly. I like, know what Jesus you mean. Jesus Christ. Fuck. Fucking hell. everyone and welcome to anime club after talk the podcast that delves into all things anime manga and otaku culture related i'm your host alex but you can call me senpai and joining me for tonight's episode i have our filthy casual jason hey and now you'll learn why i'm a filthy casual tonight yeah. <laughs> brace yourselves um our poser extraordinaire nitai i don't have the awakened theme like i thought i will have for my intro uh, no good i have a question what's on your ceiling Mm. Well, if I'll tell you that, that won't be fun. Okay. <laughs> we'll save that for later. And uh, <laughs> our story of Shota Shotaro. Go watch Recreators. It's good. Okay. Um, so, before we actually get into what we're going to discuss tonight, uh, myself and Jason this week, well, actually, I did last weekend, but we went and saw uh, Kizumonogatari Part 3. In theaters, uh, I have my little poster board right here. Ooh, uh, somewhere in the corner over there. shot. She's crying. Um, yeah. Aww. She is. Oh, I didn't, know, I didn't notice that. Yeah, in, the, in the poster, she's crying. Poor child. Uh, <laughs> child. Have you? Oh my seen, god! Stop. Have you seen those tits? <laughs> wait, wait. Can you? No. We need Hanakawa to prepare <laughs> us to battle her. Exactly. <laughs> Which is just like what happened in, in the chip in the chip storage room scene. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, why I said it. <laughs> but I know personally myself, I'm a huge fan of the Monogatari series. Jason, you are too. Uh, yeah. Um, where does, where did Kizu stack up for you in the in the grand total uh, compared to other Monogatari's? For all with all three movies together. Three movies combined as one. Huh. Oh. Probably third. I like the story a little bit better than the whole of Bake, but I, I didn't like the art style as much. I think it was mostly because of that Hanakawa running scene. It really turned me off, like, to the whole art style of it. Because it was just so weird. And Alex is frozen, apparently. R.I.P. <laughs> Well, that's a good start. <laughs> so, what else did you like about the Kizu? <laughs> and now he's gone. <laughs> oh lord. Um, I thought I liked the all the action, the fight scenes. Like, it's one of the few Monogatari um, arcs where there's actually like a lot of action. So, I really like that. It's really fluid and kinetic. And saw nothing. It saw funny. nothing. <laughs> It's funny, too, because, like, Aragi doesn't know how to fight, so he's just kind of, like, flailing about and jumping around, and so it's kind of, like, cool to see him 
somehow find a way to win. Uh, but yeah, uh, Hanakawa, I, I like her a lot in this story too. Like, it's besides her like Nico arcs, like it's probably one of the ones where she gets the most fleshed out. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I love Hanakawa though. Just she's lovely <laughs> in many ways. I li- I thought she was okay in Bake. I didn't really start liking her until her Neko arcs. So, but if I had seen Kizu first, I probably would have really liked her a lot right away. Uh, yes. And of course, Meme is just awesome. is awesome, man. I'm really hoping that the the rumors that I have heard about the new novel he's going to be working on after the one he's working on right now, Niso Eason, is, is true. That it's about the four Ghostbuster characters. That would be awesome. Like, I really want to know how like they met and and all that stuff because they're by far some of the most interesting characters. Obviously, Kaiki is best girl. And, yes. And I just really want. We to actually know. had at the the theater I went to. We had a debate before part three about that. Um, about whether Kaiki really is best girl. <laughs> because if you think about it, he gets, in, especially in second season, he gets as much, if not more, screen time than some of the girls. And he has his own opening. Well, him and Hitagi. Yes. And he sings in that opening. He does. He has a pretty good voice. The he whole, does. The whole um, 90s vibe of that whole yes. opening is cool. Especially when he has the sunglasses and he just pulls them off. I was like, gotcha. I got you. Wait, so he's a, he's a best girl, but you f- refer to him as a he? Well, he's a guy. He, okay, it's, <laughs> it, the, uh, you, you'll, you'll realize this when you get into Monogatari. In the, in the Monogatari fandom, there's this tendency to call Kaiki best girl, even though he is a guy. It's kind of like a range of Because most of the, like, pe- the people that have their own arcs are most of the girls. <laughs> And the girls all mm. have, like, their own openings and stuff like that. And he's, like, the only guy that does it. I think Araragi has, like, one song, maybe. But other than that, it's, like, Kaiki is the only other guy. And, and oh. he's the only one that has his own... Only male, like, that has his own art besides Araragi. Yeah. So. He's one of the only few other males you actually get to see fleshed out yeah. in the show. Yeah. Besides Nene. Well, he doesn't really, Is he fleshed out, though? He doesn't really get that fleshed out. He's just got that cool, mysterious guy factor. That's why we need a novel detailing those four Ghostbusters, Kaiki, Nimei, Kakanui, and Gaian. Yes. Yes. All right. I think that's enough fanboying, though, about Kizu. <laughs> Literally, if, you, if, you're not in the, if you haven't watched the Monogatari series, give it a try. You'll either like it or you hate it. There's no in-between. Um, anyway, shall we get on to what we're actually talking about tonight? Sure. All right. Well, show you suggested this topic, so take it away. So actually, this topic is inspired by my YouTube husbando, Digibro. <laughs> just wanted to put that out where out there and just uh, piss all of you guys off. Um, so yeah, be... I can't do this anymore. I'm so triggered. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna be talking about subversion, and what I mean by that is like when you go into a show, you have certain expectations of what you're gonna get out of the show. Like you expect this show to be a certain type of story. You expect it to fall under a certain genre. You expect it to approach the story in a certain style, and. Some shows subvert those expectations and actually surprise you and and do something completely different and unexpected and unique, and you're taken aback. And that process of 
the show doing what you didn't think it would do is what we're going to be talking about today. And it's not that Subversion is um, exclusive to just a select few shows. Actually, all shows subvert your expectations to a certain extent because sometimes it could be trivial subversions, sometimes it could be really impactful subversions, but the mere fact that a show is a separate identity, it has its own unique feel, just that trait of the show means that it has subverted your expectations in some way. Um, and subversion doesn't have to be good necessarily. Um, it can be good. It can really bring up a show and build up a show, but it can also be really bad at times. <laughs> it could drag a show down and be it completely ruin the show as well. So it's a pretty broad topic, but we could start by talking about what we think are shows that subvert our expectations in a good way and that we like what they do. Um, does anyone want to talk about any shows? Besides the 30,000 you already have listed? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've been like currently watching Iron-Blooded Orphans, and a big part of that show that I really like is how it subverts what I sort of assume is supposed to be standard for the action genre, which is that, you know, a lot of the times middle school um, children and high school children get into situations where they have to fight. And a lot of the times in action shows, you know, it's glorified, it's cool, it's epic. It's like um, fantasy fulfillment. It's like the best thing ever. Um, <clears throat> but then Iron-Blooded Orphans takes that concept and really portrays it as a horrific thing, as a sad thing, not a glorious thing, because, you know, these children are children, and they have to fight. And, like, that plot element is not exclusive to Iron-Blooded Orphans. Like, you see that in, like, My Hero Academia, in, like, Naruto, in every, well, most action shows, you see that, but you never really, that, you never really recognize, or the show doesn't try to make you recognize that these are children and they are fighting for their lives. And I think that Iron-Blooded Orphans takes that idea and subverts that idea really well and executes it well and um, really sort of gets you emotionally invested and you emotionally care about their situation in that way. And like, I, I don't think Iron-Blooded Orphans like set out to be like this super edgy, subversive thing, but it's just the way it tells its story is just naturally subversive and it doesn't it's not pretentious in any way i don't think it's just taking its own different perspective on sort of the action trope of children fighting which i think is really cool yeah i'd have to agree like it shows you like the actual horrors of like war and stuff like in, in a normal like shonen anime like no character would like die and no character would like really get hurt but, like, this actually shows you, like, all the bad stuff that could happen in a war. And, like, doesn't hold anything back. It really is just, like, this shit was fucked up and you're gonna see that it's fucked up. Like, it's so good. Yeah, and it, like, it tries to pity you. Uh, sorry, it tries to make you pity the characters for being forced to fight. Like, even the whole premise. Like, you don't even want them to fight because you know that it's, like, it's just, it's so horrible. It's such a bad thing for them. Which, just, like, that entire premise 
it's just it's so expansive in how it sort of makes you unsettled or disturbed about the entire situation which i really like it's really interesting it's really immersive i've been really getting into it <laughs> we can tell we can really tell uh, yeah. and a big part of the story is like them fighting because they're trying to find their place to belong so it's kind of interesting like that that's actually the reason why they fight like it's not to like save the world or or for freedom or anything it's just they want to feel like they belong somewhere and so far the only place that they feel like they belong is on the battlefield so that makes to me that's like really interesting yeah it's really tragic <laughs> kind of but yeah <clears throat> and moving on to like maybe a more obvious or more mainstream uh title that's kind of related to iron blood orphans like it's kind of related or it's kind of similar to Evangelion in that it's showing the negative aspect of piloting mechs. Like how um, like it's not always fun in games. It's not always for an, for an amazing cause. Justice isn't always so bright and fun. Like it can be, <clears throat> it can be dark and horrific as well. Um, it's all like fun in games until you like gotta the get the damn robot, Shinji. Like exactly. by the first, you start the first episode. Like one of the first scenes is Ray just being totally broken after being evacuated from Neva. So it's like it doesn't play games with the characters. Like no, they're not having fun doing it. They don't want to do it. So it's it's interesting, especially that with Mecha, what they did with the genre when they decided, okay, let's take a different approach with this. Especially the legacy that genre has in anime as a whole. Like they like <laughs> to play with it a bit. It seems. Yeah, it's, it's funny because, like, I tried to watch Ava when I was just getting into anime, and I had those expectations that it was going to be, like, this epic story about, like, I don't know, fighting with robots, and it was not. It was actually really <laughs> disturbing, and I, I literally couldn't continue because I was so, I was so sort of lied to or, like, tricked to thinking that this it was going to be something that it wasn't, and I was so uncomfortable that I couldn't continue with it, and I had to come back to it much later. Which is interesting, I guess. I mean, you actually, could take that as a bad thing or a good thing. I actually had a very similar experience the first time I watched Ava. I actually watched it... I was very young, probably way before I should have. I think I was 9 or 10 when I watched it. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I know. I, I've been watching anime for a while. Actually, that's um, how old I was when I watched it, so I don't remember shit about it. Oh my god, you guys. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Well, uh, I would say, yeah, I had a similar experience because I originally watched it. And, of course, being a 9 or a 10-year-old child, there's some of that stuff you just you can't relate to. You certainly can't grasp because you don't have enough experience and you don't have enough maturity to kind of absorb it. And when, you, when I originally watched it, I didn't get through the whole thing. I think I may have watched the first five or so episodes, and I just kind of put it down. But then I think when I was like 15 or 16, and I was in high school, I went back and I rewatched it, and I was like, "Wow, this is good." <laughs> and it does, it does definitely subvert what you go into it thinking it's going to be. I mean, you look at a lot of the old previews that they had for this show going into it, and it just looks like Mecha, like really mm. cool looking mechs, and it's like. Yeah, it has that, but it's so much more. Yeah, all, I, all I'd heard about was just seeing pictures of the 
mechs which looked pretty epic and i'm like oh this is gonna be epic but it was just sad (laughs) it's interesting speaking of like promotional materials like it's interesting how studios play with the promotions of certain shows so you say evangelion had some i not not misleading promotional material but it like it got you in a certain mindset before watching the show and then you got something like Madoka Magica, which also was very planned and very thought, uh, oh, like yeah. very. Uh, they thought about it. Okay, let's try and make everyone think it's it's a generic magical girl show. But then it's like you get to episode one, and from the get go, it's way different than anything that came before it. I'd like to point out regarding that that when Shaft was originally showing. Uh, previews of Madoka Magica, that's exactly how they pitched it to everyone, that it was just a generic Magical Girl show. And then the first episode dropped and everyone's like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> it wasn't that bad in the first episode, was it? Mm, I mean, it's, it, it, you can see it's, it's a little different, but you don't really see how different it is until, like, the second or yeah. third episode. Like, the, really, the third episode is... Third really episode like, especially, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Well, because we all know what happens in that episode, right? No puns. No puns. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, like, guys. Like, when I watched it, like, I mean, it was already out for a while. I knew it was, like, a darker take on Magical Girls and stuff like that. But, like... Me too. I was like, okay, like, this is cool. I'm expecting something bad to happen maybe at the end. But then you get to, like, the third episode. I was like, holy shit. I did not expect that at all. Like... That was just nuts. Yeah. And but see, Shaft knew what they were doing when they were marketing Madoka Magica because they were they went all on the factor of their name. That being that it's Shaft, people are going to watch it. So it's like, why don't we really trick these people? <laughs> yeah. And to me, like Madoka is a good example of why you give shows three episodes because you really don't know what it's going to be about until the third <laughs> episode. And like, I know Show likes to just drop stuff after one episode, which sometimes you could easily make the case, but I'm so glad. Masamune Kuzo Revenge. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I would, say, I would say, though, that the first episode does a good job at, like, hinting you at the things to come. Like, yeah. it sets up a lot of intrigue, so there, there is stuff to to look for in it. Oh, you yeah. can and definitely the cool... mean, I mean, it, it's, not, it's not fully laid out in front of you by the end of that first episode. Sure. By the end of that first episode, you can certainly see that it's not a typical magical girl show. Uh, Definitely. Like they did a really good job, like, um, like just hinting at what was in the, like some of their twists ahead of time. Because like, obviously, I won't, I'm not gonna say spoil what it is, but the stuff with Homura, I fucking called it that first episode. Not, it wasn't quite exactly how I called it, but like, I was like, oh, this totally involves something that, and I was, and I called it. I was just like, oh, it was so good. But even even me, you were like that bitch. Yeah, even me calling it though, like it still went beyond my expectations and and fucking like like we're talking about now, subverted everything that I was expecting from that show. I can think of another show really recently that did the exact same thing. I know another one. Which? I mean, you you know what I'm gonna say. (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh. I never, I literally never expected them to go on skateboards. That subverted my expectations so much. Exactly. I like, know what Jesus you mean. Jesus Christ. Fuck, fucking hell. No. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. Can we please? Uh, no, I'm going to say Yuri on Ice. Because MAPPA did a really good job of not promoting that show, number one, very much at all. Uh, and number two, what it did promote looked exactly like figure skating. 
because that's all they ever showed. They never showed any of the emotional side of it. All they ever showed in their promotional materials was figure skating. It definitely added much more sort of personality to the to the sports story. <clears throat> it wasn't what I was expecting going in. I was I thoroughly went into Yuri expecting to drop it after a few episodes. So did I. I like I thought I was gonna drop it after one episode, but like that first episode made me like it was so much funnier than I thought it was. And that kept going and then after everything that happens, like the emotional stuff starts to kick in and you're just like, Wow, this is a lot more than I thought it was gonna be. And yeah, so I had sports. Mm-hmm. I didn't even plan to start it, but I'm glad I did. Yeah, me too. Same. I still <laughs> need to watch it. <laughs> why am I not surprised? Yeah, it's too like busy it's, watching. That's why it's good sometimes to check out some of the Reddit threads in our anime. Cause that's the re- that's actually the reason I watch it. Cause a lot of people were like, "Wow, it's a lot funnier than I thought it was gonna be." And I was like, "All right, I'll check it out." So, I just Speaking of, people go just ahead. don't. Well, I just say the reason I went into it not expecting much is because all of the number one, all the promotional materials were not that exciting, and all of the um. Like descriptions you f- I found online, like an, on Mal or on IMDb or it's anywhere, made it sound so fucking boring. <clears throat> and it's not. It's not boring at all. Anyway, that's that's I'm done. I've talked about <laughs> far too many times on this podcast. It's uh, almost as as much as you give. Almost, not quite. That's very true. <clears throat> Anyway, I'm done. Go on. Well, speaking of a recent show that subverted our expectations, at least in the first season, uh, was Konosuba, which, again, I didn't plan on watching either. Um, But it definitely took a really unique perspective, well, unique, unique comedic perspective on the sort of game fantasy genre and archetypes. And it, because it took that perspective and that tone, it was pretty well-received and really endearing. So is it definitely did things right in taking that different slant on what you would expect, especially with the promotional material. Like, it looked super generic, super dumb, not in a good way. <laughs> a lot of because of the, um, the really bad art style. Or, okay, maybe the, the art style that can... The fact that the art style did not contain a lot of details, that it was kind of, like, really choppy and, to me, ugly. <laughs> it, was, it was intentionally janky. So it, I, uh, the, yeah. I agree. I, I think, Guys, I think the, cool, the interesting thing about here. that show... I think the interesting thing about the show is that a lot of people sort of didn't bother with it because they thought the show wasn't anything more than being trapped in a game world type of show. But then you slowly more and more people gravitated, like, went back and watched it and saw what it was beyond it. I think it's interesting how it can be a bit risky to actually do a show that is this, uh, that is, like, toying with the, let's say, genre tropes. Because maybe not enough people are going to try it because they're like, oh, I'm I'm pretty sure I know what this show is about. Although, kind of, I think we're, because from the get-go, we did something different with the trope, with all the tropes of the genre. Yeah, for we, sure. should the, any... we should play the we should play the Konosuba theme song right now. As <laughs> <laughs> show other, rolls like, his eyes. If it was any other like reincarnated or trapped in another world game show, like two, after two seasons, he would have been like fighting the Demon King already, and it's still like they're still in the same nope. beginning town, still in the same. <laughs> they're not going anywhere. They've been doing, and it's still fucking 
a great. He has a new sword. That is true. Too, too many can't get out of the shop. Ah, Chun Chun Mari. When are we gonna get a Chun Chun Mari spinoff? <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie, you'd watch it. Only if the only yeah. if it could actually talk. Mm. That would be awesome. <laughs> what if, what if it's a body cup comedy between the sword and the cat? I like <laughs> Someone hire this man. Hire this man. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree about Konosuba. Like, it does take that whole fantasy RPG type setting and just completely flips on its head. It's, it's essentially a parody of, of all those other shows that are like that. It's a parody of Sword Art Online. It's a parody of ReZero. It's, even though it kind of came out before ReZero. Um, it's just, it's so good. <laughs> Just go yeah, and be, Konosuba, yeah, do it and now. beyond being a parody, just it, I think in, in definitely in the second season, it sort of got it found its own identity beyond just being a parody. Now it's just a really good comedy, in the best way possible. And it resurrected so, a dead studio. Yeah. <laughs> Praise Dean. Praise Dean. I never thought I'd utter those two words in the same sentence. Praise Dean. It's almost like people forgot about the CG dragon. Uh, Never let's forget. not talk about that ever again. <laughs> you can leave now. <laughs> um, I can, I'm looking at your list show, and there's another one on here I completely agree with that being a good subversion. Mm-hmm. And that's Kiss Him, Not Me. I knew you would. I did it just I, for you. you know, <laughs> because you, you take a look at that, and like, as someone who reads the manga... Um, Shut up. <laughs> You got me into it, then you stopped reading it. I'm never coming back to it. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good, though. Um, no, um, like, it's set up as your typical reverse harem, and it, that's kind of what it is. Um, that's not kind of what it is. It, it, it is what it is. Um, but like um, the thing with Yuri on Ice, it is incredibly funny. It is incredibly... It has moments where it's incredibly heartfelt, and then you have these moments like of introspection. Is like you don't expect any of these things in a harem. All I just want to see is either hot guys or hot girls. It's like, why are you doing this to me? It's it's so much better than your typical harem, even though it is just kind of a typical harem. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, why'd you put it on the list? I don't know. I wasn't planning on bringing it up. <laughs> well, I'm glad you did because I will. Just trying to <clears throat> backhanded compliment you. Thank you. I'll take anything I can get. <laughs> um, um, actually, a really big show that maybe is not um as popular as popularly identified as subversive, at least for me, was Attack on Titan because. A big appeal point of the show, especially in the first episode, was their the lack of plot armor, which which is a subversive element that can be done really badly and has been done really badly. But I feel like Attack on Titan, Attack on Titan, just just get, uh, getting rid of the plot armor was a real. They did it really well, and that was a really big selling point for me. And I feel like that might have been a really big selling point for a lot of people and a reason why it became so popular because it really did sort of construct this world where no one has plot armor and you know you don't know who's going to die next 
and no one is safe. Um, and I just think that that Attack on Titan possibly does this sort of world building um, better than most other shows that try to do the same. And that might be a contributing factor to why it has so many fans and so many um, <clears throat> so many hardcore uh, people who love the show. And at least for me, that was a big thing. So, I think yeah. there's definitely a lot of, especially in the last few years, there's a lot of people who gravitate towards these more mature shows that don't hold back. I mean, one of the biggest shows on the planet is Game of Thrones, and that show is like infamous for not having any plot armor. Yeah. So I think it makes sense that, that so many people gravitated, gravitated towards it, because... I mean, I don't know if when it when it aired, if there was anything like it that didn't hold back on like anything, but I'm guessing that that's like, as you said, like that appealed to you. So I'm, I'm guessing like, and I wonder when it aired, did a lot of people really know about the source material and how dark it was, or did it just came out and people really were surprised by it? Um, I think you have a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B in that. Like, I can tell you from, well, from talking to Riker about this, the whole reason that Riker ended up getting a Crunchyroll account was to watch Attack on Titan. Mm. Had he read the manga? I don't no. know if he had read okay. it before the show aired or if, he, or if he read it as the show was airing or if he read it afterwards. I don't know. But I'm I do not sure. know, he did tell me that once that the whole reason he got a Crunchyroll account was to watch Attack on Titan as it was airing. I'm not sure, but I think that the manga was pretty popular before the anime. Um, but for me personally, I had no idea what I was going into. All I knew was that promotional image of Eren, Mikasa, and uh, what's his, Armin? Armin. <laughs> Just like running forward, and I'm like, okay, it looks interesting. <laughs> what is this? So, yeah. <clears throat> and season two is so good. <laughs> <laughs> and a show that um, does a similar thing to Attack on Titan in that it has uh, little plot armor, however, does it extremely badly, <laughs> is Akamega Kill. Oh, are we moving on to bad subversion now? <laughs> Do you want to? <laughs> I mean, there's so many others you have left in good, but we can go on to bad, sure. I can think of some that have really bad subversion. Okay, what 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 is your thoughts? No, no, go. You you already said it. Coming, I kill. Go ahead. Okay. Well, God. <laughs> so... Wait, wait, hold on, everyone. Go ahead. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, so, a coming, got kill. It was a horrible show. <laughs> uh, what can I say? It just. <laughs> It has to be so edgy and so this could like take a while. oh oh people can die oh my gosh but it's it just executes it so horribly like I I have nothing to say about it but just that it's bad I this it's just undes indescribably <laughs> bad <laughs> you're done Alex you can you can give your <laughs> oh um I can't oh, I can't give you anything about a comic I kill. I have neither seen the show or read the manga. I know, I mean, you can move on to whatever you want to oh, talk about. Oh, so you're done with that bullshit now. <laughs> I don't want to delve into the negative points of my life. <laughs> if you guys at home only knew how many times we have to hear about this. Especially, oh, when the manga ended. Oh, we didn't hear nothing. We That's all you talked about for like two fucking days. Fucking, it killed me. 
<laughs> you didn't have enough plot armor, show. Yeah, there's not enough plot armor for that ending. Um. <laughs> okay, so I want to talk about a show that I've talked about on this podcast several times before. Um, it has, I guess you could say it has bad subversion. Um, a lot of people call this a parody of the harem genre, to which I will tell you that is bullshit. Um, and that's School Days. School Days tries to be... Uh, don't give me that look, Natai. <laughs> um, I, haven't, I haven't watched it, so I don't know. You don't have to. <laughs> don't waste your time. Um, no, School Days plays itself off as this, like, subversion of the harem genre. And in a certain way, it is, in the sense that... Spoiler, spoiler alert! The main character hooks up with literally everyone, um, but that doesn't mean it's good, <laughs> and it's not <laughs> at all. So because wish, wish fulfillment at its worst. Uh, wish fulfillment? No, uh, nightmare fulfillment. <laughs> God, imagine having to satisfy all these women at the same time. Oh darn! What a nightmare! Oh, my God, <laughs> horrific. <laughs> headache is what it is um but no just because you can subvert a genre doesn't mean that you should um and it certainly doesn't mean that you should in this way um it, just school days is terrible don't you would should get herpes before you watch school days wow. <laughs> that, that cringe on jason's face <laughs> Of Warts is better than watching School Days, which is something you can get if you live like the main character of School Days. Always use protection, boys and girls. It's the lesson you should draw from School Days. Always use protection and just delete it out of your plan to watch. <laughs> and okay. I'm sure it's still in my plan to watch. It's still in mine. You should ever, 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 ever. Oh. I, I still anyway, I'm done talking. it at some point. I am so oh, done. Jesus. Talking about, we should do that for a drunk cast. Oh God! We should. The worst cast that. ever. I mean, Future Diary is pretty up there. Being well, the shut up, Mutai. Listen, listen. School Days makes Future Diary look like a magnum opus. I doubt it. <laughs> I mean, if you're not into Future Diary, I would recommend checking out Big Order because it, like, it does this so much better, you know. <laughs> Big order, you... big big order is 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 that thirteen year old boy who was like super edgy and emo and watch JoJo's like I can do better. No, you can't. You're an idiot. Stop oh. writing. <laughs> wow. 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 Okay. What JoJo instead of big order? Rewatch JoJo instead of big order. <laughs> Point five win. Uh, <laughs> Uh, school days, can we... Please, I'm gonna have an aneurysm if we keep talking <laughs> about this show. Talk well, about Kisniver, how much you love that show. Oh, God. Which show? Kisniver. Cue him saying, I still need to watch that. <laughs> I still need to watch that. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Your next line is... <laughs> I still need to watch that. Is that a JoJo reference? That is a JoJo reference. So I'm gonna just start ranting about Kisniver. So it's, I guess it's supposed to be a romantic drama, and it subverts that premise by like it adding in the Kizna system where they're all connected by 
scars or whatever, and they all feel each other's pain. And you know what? It was a good it was a good premise. They could have gone places with that subversion. But no, they just basically ignored it. They went straight to just drama that it, that had nothing to do with the Kizna system. And then by the end of it, spoilers, they just like, uh, they just, the Kizna system just, it didn't even matter in the end. They like, they, it had no impact on the plot. It, it and it's like, the, what's the, the point of show. introducing it in the first place? If you're just going to take it away in the end and you have like no meaningful interaction with it, like, if you're gonna subvert something, like do it right. Don't just like, oh, I we're probably gonna do this, but then maybe not. And then by the end, it's like, nah, I don't want to do it anymore. You know what? F you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the end, I really didn't care about any of the characters anymore. It was trash. <laughs> they look pretty though. And that OP was awesome. So trippy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the theme song to Kiss Niver, in case you're wondering. No, I'm just kidding. It, that, it's the exact same beat as Take On Me, though. It is, that song is literally the exact same beat as Take On Me. It's a good song. It has a good OP, though. Um, yes. There was. It shows right, though. There was so much about Kiss Niver that showed so much promise, and then by the third episode, it's all gone. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I at least made it to like the eighth, eighth episode before I stopped liking it. <laughs> but nah, Kiznaiver, great idea, badly executed. There's actually, if, if you look at it, there's a lot of shows that fall into this category of having bad subversion that are kind of like that, where it's a good idea done badly, like Kiznaiver, yeah. like a comic I kill. Well, I assume a comic I kill because I haven't seen it. I assume that it strays from its source material. People thought it was mm, No, until, it's until not the, that it's, it's... Until the source material actually came out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, but, like, that's not even the issue I have with it. It's not that it... It depicts, like... Okay, the beginning and middle are the events of the manga, and then it strays away from the manga. But even in the beginning and middle, it was bad because it was bad directing, bad art style, bad art direction, bad voice acting, uh, bad scripting. Just everything was bad and didn't... It didn't convey the message it was supposed to convey, and it was just a mess. <laughs> so was it a good uh, idea? So you're you're it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> but was it a good idea? See, I like the idea in the manga because they they actually <laughs> shut up. They actually like executed it well in my opinion but by the end of the manga they just they the idea was shit on but i mean they had something going for it whereas in the anime just from the beginning from the very beginning from the first second that that show started playing <laughs> it was just bad because they didn't they didn't execute it with any sort of nuance or finesse that the manga had and it was just a fucking uh, so it angers me so much. <laughs> we noticed. We can tell. There's another show that you have listed here that does, well, not anything like a comic I kill, but I still want to talk about it. Um, and that's The Lost Village. Because does this show even have a, a story? Shut First up. Of all. No, <laughs> seriously, what is the story of The Lost Village? Please enlighten us. They get lost in a village. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the title. 
Roll um, credits. <coughs> roll credits. <laughs> uh, yeah, The Lost Village was a really controversial <laughs> show when it aired. Uh, a like, little controversial. Oh, I, I meant to say really controversial. Um, yeah, I liked it, but a lot of people didn't like it. It apparently tried to tried to subvert the horror genre by being... A bad I don't show. know. <laughs> by being... <laughs> by no, not I haven't doing seen it because... I, I keep hearing a lot of stuff that actually I might watch the show because of it. Some people claim that, like, the point of the show was they were trying to make a really bad show. Because the dire- I think the director is the they guy succeed. who directed... Yeah, the director who uh, was responsible for Shiro Bako. So the guy, from what I hear, knows what he's doing. So The director um, didn't write it, though. Actually, I wouldn't say Shiro Bako is a, a badly executed show from a direction standpoint. No. Because it's, it's, it's all just an information dump. It has, like, no personality. Like, it's interesting information, but I don't think it was executed that great. What, Shirabako or The Lost Village? Shirabako. Oh, I to say, where's the information dump? Shut up. <laughs> because the whole thing is like, I have no idea what's going on. I mean, it's ten episodes, so I'll blaze through it. I'll watch it. My, the best thing about <laughs> The Lost Village, and, and you'll, you'll completely miss this if you didn't watch it while it was airing, because it won't make any sense going back and seeing it again. But while it was airing on 4chan, they had weekly, you know, after the show premiered on Crunchyroll, they would have these weekly um, threads on uh, 4chan where it would give updates on all the characters, and every single update turned into a pun. Like, there was one character at the end of an episode you see floating upside down in a river, and it said status rolling on the river. <laughs> and it just got like crazier and crazier every single week on 4chan because you never knew what these characters were actually doing because they, they showed them in disastrous peril as a cliffhanger to one episode and then the next episode they'd be totally fine it's supposed to be mysterious you're not supposed to know what's happening <laughs> that job because I never knew what was going on uh... <clears throat> you just liked it for the show though he wasn't even that great of a show to. I just like it because I get no horror shows and I will take what I get. <laughs> there is a distinct lack of like thriller and horror shows coming out. In- just like, <laughs> just like a cultic nine that everyone hates and <laughs> and I will take because it's horror. Well, it was it was horrible. You're right. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. Um, erased erased with a thriller. Um, not yes. the same. Um, yes, it <laughs> no, was. Alex you're said just... we have a lack of horror and thriller shows. I'm like, well, oh. Erased was a thriller. You're not wrong about that. However, I meant good. <laughs> <laughs> not to say from a direction that's... Okay, I get it. You're, you're flipping me off. I get it. I get it. Uh, not to say from a direction or technical standpoint the show wasn't good because it was certainly well executed and... Well, not well executed. Well animated and well... Um, directed it just wasn't well written <laughs> that's not the show that's not the showmaker's fault though that's the author's fault it was a good show <laughs> i won't much a, from that opinion it had a good op I like it had a really solid ed i love the op and ed I was yeah, yeah they were fantastic those were really good yeah and i really <laughs> like the show too <laughs> so i'm with you there, 
Although that ending is Shall we move on to shows Well shall we move on to shows that I assume this means good, but they have a lack of subversion. Yeah. Okay. So you don't need to be subversive to be necessarily good. If you could just be a straightforward show and still do it really well, which like the currently airing before before uh-huh. you before you go on, mm-hmm. I want to object to the fact that Nisekoi is on here. I'll give you MHA, but Nisekoi needs to go. <laughs> it's you'll admit that it's not subversive though. It's pretty straightforward. Well, I will admit that it's not subversive in the least. I would. It's very straightforward, but it's very bad. How much have you seen of it? Uh, enough to know that it's shitty. Oh, okay. That. <laughs> what a lovely opinion. <laughs> I liked it. I had a lot literally, of fun with Nisekoi. Literally the only bad show Shaft has ever done. Wow. What about Sangatsu no Lion? Oh! Uh, you. Well, well, oh. well, I will fight you right now with maple syrup, you bitch. Uh, but yeah, I like Nisekoi for just being like, just, they don't care about any plot. They don't care about telling an interesting story. They're just like... We're going to have some stupid harem antics, and we're going to have fun. And you know what? I had fun. I really enjoyed that. So I like the fact that it was really straightforward. <clears throat> um, and I think, like, even looking at this season, th- but yeah, they're still airing, um, <laughs> with My Hero Academia and Little Witch Academia. Oh, my God, two academias. <laughs> I didn't realize that. But they're both, like... better than the other. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they're both like pretty straightforward, but they're both they both do what they're trying to do well, and like I feel like people appreciate them just because like they're not being pretentious, they're not trying to do anything like crazy and going off the deep end. They're just like let's tell a a nice, basic, interesting story, and let's just put effort into making that story like watchable and interesting. And they, uh, to me, they succeed. Well, the second season of, of here at My Hero Academia may have some issues with pacing, but we will see. Yeah. Not looking forward to that 26 episode. Let's be honest, also but... the first season had a bit of a pacing issue, but... <clears throat> I mean, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. I think also, that the, uh, at least with the first season of My Hero Academia, it just felt as though they were going for that, just as, as, like some sort of, like, let's celebrate this genre that we all have, like, a soft spot for. It's like, let's just do this, like, Let's do it. Let's do it I simple. Think, and let's I do think it. We all is a little too inclusive there. <laughs> Everyone in the world except <laughs> Alex. <laughs> like Alex, I don't think that the, sh- the show is amazing. I just think it's very solid considering they go for like that simple idea, and it still managed. And even though it's generic, it's like it still throws some interesting ideas. Glad whenever, that you admit like, that. No, <laughs> I, it's, I was quoting well. you. Yeah, oh, from a directing thing. standpoint, I completely agree with you, and especially from a music standpoint, I will completely agree that the the sound, as much as I may poo-poo on the story of MHA, I, the soundtrack is amazing. Basically, what they need to do is just just thirty minutes, just play the soundtrack, and just that's the episode for the week. Wow. It's a black yeah, screen no. with the soundtrack. I'll watch that every <sighs> week. So, yeah, I just feel like it's like. I, I don't know, there's something about it that I really enjoy, where it just, yeah, let's just do this simple story and go with it. And, again, I just feel like it's it's they just celebrating the genre, and there's something really nice about it. It just feels, like, pure and innocent and just, like, having fun for fun's sake, instead of, like, telling this super deep and convoluted story. So, to me, it's refreshing because, like, 
I like I feel like a lot of shows try a little too hard to get um, a little too crazy with their ideas. Um, looking at all those really long uh, titles for light novels. <laughs> <laughs> trying hard to be crazy do you know what I, I, i'm convinced that all of these light novel authors are like in this un unmentioned competition with each other to see who can come up with the most ridiculously long title hey world's end first <clears throat> episode is pretty good i'm liking it so it has what does that have to do with anything we just said because it's one of those it's literally the longest title of the season it's like three question marks three questions in one title Oh, it's just oh, called three world. Questions. It's just called world. It's world end for short, but I don't remember the long. It's like, will you save the world? Some, 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 some. I don't even know. Yada 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 yada. World. I can look it up right now if I can remember the actual name. <sighs> Japan. <laughs> I'm convinced that's a thing, though, that people, are, these these light novel authors, are in a competition with each other to see who can come up with the most ridiculously long light novel t- uh, title. I mean, how else are you gonna tell? Most us, likely. How, how else are you gonna let people know the plot on the ti- on the cover page? Um, oh, they're getting to the point where you're you're, <laughs> you're you're they're telling you the plot, the denouement, the twist, the uh, the five major characters, and then the fucking ending right in the title. Says the guy who likes the dungeon anime, Don Machi. Excuse me, excuse me. That show is not that great, but it has a great character. <laughs> I like that much. But the title, World End, What Do You Do at the End of the World? Are You Busy? Will You Save Us? What a shitty... (laughs) That sounds like a pickup line. That makes this look like the best title ever made. It's a cool title. But is the question, Alex, is the question, is it wrong to pick up a girl in the dungeon? No, it's not. Hmm. And no, and the, the correct title is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon? <laughs> Not succeed. <laughs> there is no guarantee of success in that title. I haven't even seen it, so I don't know. <laughs> You're not missing out on much. Trusty is best you. Wrong. Wrong. Oh, oh, oh. I'll see you in about 75 days. We'll see who's wrong. <laughs> Counting the hours. <clears throat> It literally am. My phone tells me exactly how many minutes it is and, till I and, leave on my phone. And he makes sure to let us know every morning. Every morning when I wake <laughs> up. Uh, you have something on this list, show, that I would actually not agree belongs on this list. Oh, God. Let me and guess. Is, Metal Alchemist? Yeah, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> let because, me know. Tell me how it's subversive. Um, well, I will say that it does have a lot of shonen tropes in it. Um, but it actually has a lot of stuff in it that you wouldn't expect a generic shonen to have. It has political intrigue in it, um, especially when it comes to the... Uh, I won't go too much into it for certain people who haven't seen it. But someone who just recently did. Um, uh, shout out, Nitai. Uh, that with the, the quote-unquote quote plot that the homunculi have kind of delves into the realm of political intrigue, especially when at least one of them can look like just about anyone. Um, it also has elements of... Um, uh, uh, I want to say nation-building, but that's not exactly what I mean. World-building? Not No, I mean like literal nation-building, because uh, this, uh... they make it... <laughs> They make it a little more clear in the manga than they do in the anime that the nation that this takes place in is a relatively young nation. And so, like, 
it's almost like these characters are trying to figure out how to live in this world. And that's what I got from it. That's interesting. See, I think of <clears throat> Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood as just sort of a basic shonen. Not that it, not that I'm trying to be insulted, but I think of it as like a basic shonen that that does everything right and that has a nice ending, a nice beginning, a nice middle. It just does everything properly and nicely. I, I don't really think of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood as doing anything sort of crazy or surprising or um out there i just i see it it as being like a good standard show like it has it has twists and it has revelations and and you get two moments that sort of um like change some elements of the plot but yeah i I agree that i don't think it's really all that about subverting subverting the genre i think no i mean for me, when I went into Full Metal Alchemist, because I watched the original Full Metal Alchemist back in, I didn't watch it back in 2003, but the one from 2003, um, and I knew nothing about it going in. So that the whole twist with like the homunculi can shape shift, and they can one of them can literally look like anyone, and one of them kind of is a leader. That kind of took me by surprise. So I wasn't expecting that in a shonen where it has this sort of a political aspect to it. That's something you actually expect to see in a mech show like Gundam. <clears throat> yeah, it, because especially that version started. It started out very much um, like they kept teasing about the the um, uh, the nation and how it works. And then as slowly as it built the world, they got more and more into its politics and how that nation functions and how the government. You don't get that in a lot functions. of shonen. You really yeah, don't. that that slow build of of the both the plot and the world building, how it progresses and gets more and more complex. It's something that really uh, you haven't seen done like Full Metal Alchemist, at I least not in their shows. I won't, I won't say that it's incredibly deep compared to other shows that delve into that kind of stuff more heavily, but it's certainly not what you'd expect from a typical shonen. At least not what I would expect from a typical shonen. Yeah, I don't think of it as a shonen for some reason, even though it, it is. I, I don't know. And when I watched it for the first time, the O3 version, it, it didn't strike me as a shonen show. I don't know. It doesn't have it's... power levels. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> anyway, someone else talk. Well, yeah, and just a lot of shows that succeed at just being straightforward in my opinion are just sports shows maybe just because i really like sports like haikyuu and yamushi pedal i don't think they do anything like super super crazy or subversive but i think, you need to I be think... A more specific there you like sports anime you don't like sports <laughs> true i that is true <laughs> uh only only 2d no 3d well, no the sports is, is just the he subject want, matter. That's why. He wants 3Ds, but he'll have to settle for two. He wants 3Ds, but he'll have to settle for <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Jason. Uh, I'll hold you to that at Anime Expo. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah, we can move on to... Um... I was a little too excited about that statement. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god, Alex. <laughs> so thirsty. So thirsty. <laughs> I am. I'm at it. My drink is is done. I'm. I got nothing else. 
So moving on to our last subtopic that I have written down, which is shows that are straightforward but are bad because they are straightforward and they don't subvert anything. <laughs> and just to um, just to infuriate John, who isn't here, I will just say that Saga of Tanya the Evil is a bad show because it is it focuses on straightforward just military action shooting shoot 'em up just like killing and just uh, blood and guns and explosions and you know it could have subverted that by adding in the philosophical sort of premise that it had tried to sneak in previously but then it just it it just forgot about it it just like shoved that shoved that deeper philosophical religious political aspect of the show it shoved it all to the side and just like you know you thought this was going to be an interesting show but it's actually just a poorly drawn lolly shooting grown man and that's all it is song though that myth and roid though is pretty good Mm, mm -hmm. insult to myth and roid (laughs) (laughs) wow good song rude 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 i'll be sure to play it several times the anime expo just for you God, you're going to give me PTSD. <laughs> That's the only D you're going to give me, is PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I like the show for what it was, but I kind of agree that there's not really a subversive element to it. Um, I will say, if you just go by the character designs, you certainly don't expect what's going to happen based on the character designs. Um, I but heard what about... of it. It's really cool, actually. I mean, but the title gives you an expectation. True. The evil. The title, the evil. The title does. The title does. But I mean, yeah. I, I'm just going strictly off character designs. If you just look at the character designs, you really don't expect there to be a whole lot of blood and guts. But I can see why some people don't like it. I can certainly see, based on the art style, why some people don't like it. But... Hey, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I didn't try and make it deeper. I didn't try to analyze it. It's like, mm. okay, I'm just watching someone be psychotic for 23 minutes. It's like, I can do this. Yeah, she's pretty nuts. Ha 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 ha. Aha, what a not. It's actually not a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> you took a while there, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've made my night. Thank you. Hmm. Uh... So would you say that that uh, th- they busted that nut? I've ruined it. I'm oh, sorry. I just could, that was, that was a question for you, but I completely ruined it. Uh, <clears throat> well, another show that I I could talk about. I'm just put it on here as an excuse to shit on it. <laughs> Cabinary. Yeah, fuck that show. <laughs> It was like the epitome of straightforward because it just ripped everything off of a previous show. Excuse me, that Titan. previous show did not have trains in it. Sure. That's true. Whatever. Is, that, is it subversive because it added trains? <laughs> did you expect trains? Uh, it was, well, it wasn't in the promo? Then yes, I expected trains. If there was, if there, if there was a train in Attack on Titan, would that be subversive for you? Well... They, they saw the hype train that was Attack on Titan. I was like, if we had an actual train, that would make it even more hype. That's <laughs> Wait, we're getting... I feel like that's actually what happened, though. <laughs> Someone that was, like, smoking weed was like, dude, but trains, though. Dude. 
kind of. I'm talking shit, but I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh god! Oh, frozen Alex again. He's frozen in right. time again. <clears throat> well, yeah, I really have nothing else to say about Cabinary besides I hate it and Attack <laughs> on Titan. Day. <laughs> Just another excuse to shoot. Unoriginal, out. even though it is unoriginal, it is unoriginal. <laughs> um, I try so hard. You saw nothing. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I haven't seen any of these other ones on your list. For this. Me neither. No, so it's all up to you. <laughs> okay, well, I'll just talk about one more, which is uh. Tales of Zestiria the X, which I do like for its visuals and for its Fujoshi bait, for its Bishi service. Um, Hello! <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have invested quite a lot of money on figures, including this one. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the story is really bland and boring, and it didn't, it didn't really sell the story to me at all. So, I mean... I think it, if it had tried to subvert something and do something interesting, it would have been better. But since it didn't, it was just bad. And I feel a lot like a lot of low-tier sort of shitty anime, you could say the same thing about. Maybe I'm not a lot into, like, moe garbage. Looking at you, Alex. <laughs> but, like, like, you could say that. You could say... <laughs> <laughs> that a lot of moe garbage is bad. Garbage, huh? Moe yeah, garbage? That, that nasty girl. Well, that, right that's there. that's pretty dark for moe. That's, <laughs> oh, look, there's their their true best girl. That, that fucker. <laughs> exactly listen, listen, if, listen. If you want to see a real a real bitch, you gotta watch Magical Girl Raising Project. You'll see a true bitch on that show. Fuck swim, swim. swim. Fuck swim, swim. <laughs> But yeah, what you could say <clears throat> the lack of subversion in the moe genre, or genre, I don't know if it's a genre, whatever, the moe shows. Aesthetic. aesthetic. Sure. The moe aesthetic. The lack of subversion in the moe aesthetic is maybe what's, what's dragging it down into the trash it is. <laughs> hey guys, is getting a season two. <laughs> oh, speaking of trash. <laughs> Oh god. Oh man. I would say I would say Umaru is an example of a good lack of subversion, good <laughs> straightforward trash. Can I just say <laughs> that I would say it's an example of something that's just good. Sure. <laughs> uh, Riker's going to love listening to this. Oh god. Right no, ever since <laughs> ever since it was announced that Umaru is getting a season 2, Riker has been on a fucking rampage. <laughs> Why why uh, can't why can't good shows have second seasons? Where's, where's, where's my bucket of season two? Huh? Where's that? Hey, you got Kobe season three, Nitai. <laughs> I was gonna bring it up every podcast. <laughs> uh, the only good show you didn't want to see come from. Uh, <clears throat> I said second season, not a third. <laughs> Oh god. Man. So like we could like close off by saying Do you wanna ask the last two questions you have listed there? 
<laughs> Good question, but whatever. Do you think subversion is necessary? And w- do you prefer subversive shows or straightforward shows? <laughs> yes. Yes to both? No, I said no and yes. No, it's not necessary, and yes, I prefer both. <laughs> okay. Um, I lean more towards liking sort of out there shows and subversive shows. Um, but like the occasional straightforward one, I don't mind. Yeah, it's nice I to think... have. It's nice to have a show every once in a while that's just there to be watched. Like you don't have to think about it too much. <clears throat> I think though that if you're going to make a story and make a show out of it. I don't think that going with it and thinking, I'm going to make it super, like, I'm going to make it super subversive uh, and just do, like, or flip the entire genre on its head. I don't think that will get you anywhere. Like, I think first people need to get a good story going. And if it has a good, That's like, cool. huh? Like, you, I don't know. Um, that makes sense, actually. Yeah, that, that's where I'm thinking about it. Like, yeah, I think first, let's first say a good story. I think what he's trying to say is, if you if you try really hard to do it, you're probably going to fail. Yeah, don't make a a show just to <laughs> to do that. Make a show because you want to tell a story. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Oh my god, he's so insightful. <laughs> that face, though. <clears throat> well, Jason, do you have an opinion on this? Um, I know this involves you. This involves you talking to people. Well, <laughs> I turn off my brain whenever I watch anything, so... <laughs> it doesn't matter. It all goes right over. <laughs> no, um, I don't think it's necessary, but I do find that subversive shows tend to be a little bit better depending on how well they do it. Um, but at the same time, I don't want every show to be subversive because then... By being subversive, it's not actually subversive anymore. So, or why always being subversive, it's not subversive anymore. So that's a good. It's good to have a mix of follow the tropes and not following the tropes. I agree. And on that note, I think we should wrap this up. Yes, because I think <laughs> I used all of my talking points for the day. <laughs> for the month. For the week, at least. All right. Well. um... I, I, yeah, I think, I think we've said really all there is to say about this. Subversion is what it is. You, it's sometimes it's necessary, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's welcome, sometimes it's not. And it's really Man. hard to get really into it without spoiling the shit out of everything. I know, right? <laughs> Speaking of spoilers, I got so fucking spoiled to Iron Blooded Orphans, and I'm so angry. Really? What did you spoil, though? Um, don't, don't say it. Don't say like that. Yeah, spoiler, but. Don't I'm not gonna, say it. No, actually, they're all to things that happen in the second season, and I haven't finished it yet. So we'll see how badly it turns out to be. I'll actually, I don't even let you know because I don't want you to confirm or deny. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> That's the hard part of spoilers. You don't want to ask people about it because you're not sure if it's real. It's a real spoiler or not. <laughs> hey, Natai. So in part five of JoJo's. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh. Anyway, um, so I guess I'll go ahead and wrap this up. So, um, yeah, if you uh, if you liked what you uh, heard here tonight, because the show was very, very sassy, um, especially about a comic I kill. Ask him about a comic I kill sometime. I'm sure he Don't will have loads of things to say about <laughs> it. Um, 
you can listen to this and all of our past uh, episodes on uh, iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, just search for Anime Club After Dark. Or you can go to our website, animeclubafterdark.com. I have the uh, the audio versions of the edited audio versions of all the podcasts up there for you to listen to. Um, also, if you go to our website right now, we have uh, round one of best boy and best girl for the Winter Division going on. Uh, so definitely go vote on that. You can vote once a day in each matchup. Uh, round one ends on Sunday at noon. Sunday the uh, 16th. Easter! This Sunday is Easter. Jesus Christ, this year's going by fast. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, uh, don't forget to subscribe to our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash animeclubafterdark uh, where uh, you can be informed when we go live. Uh, what else? Oh, Hello? our Facebook group. Uh, our wonderful Facebook group where I totally don't post demonic cosplays uh, at facebook.com slash group slash animeclubafterdark. Uh, and if you want to email us and tell us how we have subverted all of your expectations tonight. <laughs> that was a pretty good one. I just thought of that. That was really good. That's I just really thought good. of that. You can you can send us an email at animeclubafterdark at gmail.com. Yeah, you can tell us how you expected us to be good and how we weren't. And it wasn't at all. <laughs> also, really we're, we're like official now. We have business cards. Those of you at home listening at the podcast, I am holding up our brand new business card for all to see. It has a back, too, where it says anime, manga, and otaku culture. Which we only uh, talk yeah. about anime, so... No, we talk about <laughs> talk about other things. We talked about baseball once. We, talk, we talked about Yu-Gi-Oh! That's an otaku culture all by itself. That's twice <laughs> this episode we've mentioned Yu-Gi-Oh! That is more than enough. Is it, though? <laughs> ever uh but yeah uh so that's our show uh, i don't know what we learned tonight but <laughs> something that we learned that show loves digi bro husbando prime husbando Actually, material I mean, we already do that because on our chat you call yourself digi bro's footrest <laughs> <laughs> what can i say i have a foot fetish I think it's prime time you contact your husband and ask him to come over to this podcast. Oh god, no. I will tolerate many things, but never that. He's gonna shit on he's gonna shit on us so bad. It, but it will be so funny though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean if you have a scat fetish, now's your chance. <laughs> anyway, well, on that yeah. note. I, I'm going to say, uh, as always, I have been Alex, and uh, I will see you next time. Say goodnight, everyone. Goodnight, everybody. Seriously, go read Fooly Cooly. It's fucked up.